Hello. Hopefully my microphone works this time. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so let's get started. Um, Before we get into the NFL season, I would be remiss if I didn't um, discuss the uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are the best team in basketball, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I'll tell you what, they do look pretty good. And uh, for those of you interested, they do look really, really good against the spread. <laughs> Covered 13 in a row, I believe. They are let me, let me white hot. That. But they are the best team against the spread in the NBA this year. And they have – they've covered a certain – I can't remember if it was 13 games in a row or not. Let me, let me pull this up. They covered last night because they were minus nine against the Rockets, and they were up by like 38 when I turned it off. So, Well, I, I want to say that the Cavs are like 24-5-1 against the spread. They're about – um, yes. Well, I don't know if, cause I'm just pulling up their odd chart page of their matchup last night, last night. And it says 23, five and one, but I believe they are, I believe that would be 24, five and one right now. Um, yeah, Cleveland. Well, this only goes back 10 games, but it says they're 10 and 0 against the spread in their last 10. I'm almost 100% positive. They covered in 13 straight. That's incredible, man. Last I checked, it was 10. That is so hard to do. And you got to think. Now, look, I know the Cavs are not the most name brand team of all time. But Easy. you got to think that the people making these lines got to take notice of this. There's just no way because the basketball fans are definitely taking – Ohio basketball fans, I can assure you, are taking notice of this. Mm. Yeah, I, they just recently – because they were underdog, Vegas was not catching up, like, at all. And they were underdog. I think the first, when they beat Chicago, which I believe is the last time we did a podcast when they were doing it, was the first time they were favored in, like, a month. So, they yeah, they've been minus three against Chicago, minus two against Minnesota, um, minus six against Sacramento. They only beat Sacramento by 14, but they were winning by, like, a billion at halftime. So, I count that as a billion point win. And then uh, Miami, they were six-point dogs or uh, favorites, and they beat them by, like, 11. So, they, yeah, I mean, they're rolling right now. They they um, they won, I believe, five in a row now. They play, they play good. Against, they have a winning record against under 500 teams, which is what, you know, the favorite thing for, you know, sports media and talking heads who don't want to credit the Cavs for what they are, which is a goddamn wagon. Um, is that oh they uh, haven't I played anybody? Three. I mean, they played the Rockets last night without uh, Porter, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, and Christian. Oh, Ward. they didn't. They didn't get the Kevin Porter revenge game. No, they didn't. That's a, that's a fair they point. Ducked it. Imagine what this cast team would be with Kevin Porter Jr. That'd be awesome. He was kind of good. Well, it's I, I don't know. I, I don't keep up with the Houston Rockets, so let me let me pull up his stats because he got traded. And then just immediately started scoring fifty points a night. So, wasn't he a uh, like a locker room problem or, or a yeah, legal problem? One him. or the other. 
Yeah, that's why they traded him. Let's see. He is he's played 19 games. He averages 30 minutes a game. Uh, scoring 12 points per game, just a tick under six assists, 4.4 rebounds, which is a career high. Uh, but his shooting numbers are way down. But he's been hurt. But uh, his first year at the Rockets, he averaged like 16, 7, and 4. So he was a monster. And then, and then he was only, he's only 20, he was only 20 years old last year. So he's a monster. I'm very upset it didn't work out. He was like one of those guys that was supposed to be like a lottery pick. And then um, he had, like, just trouble um, being, you know, like you said, the locker room guy. So he fell all the way to 30, I believe, the Cavs drafted him. So I hope he does well, but I really wish he would be doing it here. But the good news is you have plenty of talent in your backcourt already. Are you a fan of this Darius Garland character? Oh, Darius Garland is an absolute freak. He is. <laughs> He is projected to be an all-star. Um, really? Up. Oh, my God, dude. He is. He's averaging 19 points, uh, seven and a half. Okay, that's not. What's that? I said that's not. 19 and a half is not awesome. Uh, 19. It's, uh, hold, on, it, hold on. It's it's leading scorer worthy on the right team. But he's 22. Let me let, let me remind you. But um, well, Okay, if we want to do that, you, you said he's an all-star this year. He is. I don't. I don't know how many more players are better than Darius Garland at the guard position in the East because Kemba Walker doesn't exist anymore, as far as the Knicks are concerned. But um, yeah, that's just, and Kyrie Irving doesn't exist. Yeah, as far Kyrie as everybody's Irving doesn't concerned. exist either, as far as the state of New York is concerned. Uh, nineteen points per game. Nineteen. I was getting into the other uh, step before you rudely interrupted. Nineteen points per game. Seven and a half assists. He's been like. Di- he's been like. I, I'll pull up his game log here in a minute, but he's shooting 90% from the free throw line. Uh, but, uh, he's shooting uh, 39% from three. That's pretty decent. Uh, 47% from from the field. He is... How many steals? I think he has a lot of steals. 1.3 steal, steals. That's a lot. Three rebounds for an undersized guard. Let me pull up his logs because he has been on fire lately. He is, yeah. Last night he was a plus thirty. Uh, last night he had twenty. He didn't play a lot. He only played twenty five minutes. He had twenty one points, three assists last night. The night before that he had sixteen and five. The night before that he had sixteen and thirteen. The night before that he had twelve and twelve. So he's had like ten or so, ten plus assist games. So he is re- he is really his progression has been pretty impressive. And I hear that Evan Mobley is doing pretty well as well. Evan Mobley is doing well. Uh, he didn't play last night. I don't remember why. Uh, I don't know if he has COVID like, you know, everyone else on the planet. So, yeah, he's Evan Mobley's playing well. Jared Allen's an all-star. Um, who else is on this team? Kevin Love likes the city of Cleveland. Again, that's a welcoming site. Um, Colin Sexton's hurt for the year, and the Cavs start going on a run. I find that to be zero coincidence. Um. Yeah, the Cavs are just. I mean, it's it's an absolute. The thing is, they play so good on both sides of the court. Let me pull up their both offensive and defensive rankings because they got to be in the top two defensively. I don't know about offensively, but they got to be in like the top two defensively. 
I'm curious to hear about this. I actually enjoy that the Cavaliers are kind of this scrappy team that isn't just all LeBron's saving his hometown team. Which, by the way, this I, I've grown to. I, Not I, even oh, believe me, that's where I was going with this. I have grown to take <laughs> issue with this after I discovered that Akron and Cleveland, if you look at them on a map, they're like kind of Wildly far away. Yeah. They are a a healthy 45-minute drive, which is not short. Now, from the in the grand scheme of things, between, b- between big-ish cities, Cleveland being much bigger than Akron, but still, from, an, from just a state perspective in Ohio, Akron's a pretty big city. Um, but it is not the skipping a jump that it is made out to be. I have... I, I have right. done a little bit of research looking at maps, and I'm like, you know what? This uh, whole narrative that, you know, it, it's like Akron and Cleveland are the new Minneapolis and St. Paul, that is certainly not true. Hmm. No, no, it's a it's a healthy 45-minute drive. Yeah, and as a Berea boy, you got to take offense to that, that people just lump Akron in there like, oh, it's all the same. Not at all. You couldn't care less, actually. <laughs> couldn't couldn't care. I, it's forty five minutes south of Cleveland. It is what it is. Terrible city. I hate Akron. Like no, no disrespect to Akron. I just can't stand it. It's such a weird city. I don't know how to describe. It's. It reminds me a lot of all the bad parts of Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, which is all of it. So. It's, I, uh, I'm like, sports I have teams like that this, you hate? Yeah, I have this like perfect like description in my head of it, but I can't find the words. That, I can't. It's like, I don't know. It's just so It's weird. It's a weird city. I'm not a big fan of it. It's, it's along the same lines of the reasons I hate Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Not necessarily because I think they're ugly cities, but I just something about them. Something about like the aura, aura they gave off. It's, it's just weird. Yeah, I I hear that a lot. Being the resident Pittsburgh fan in Central Ohio, everyone everyone takes shots at the city of Pittsburgh. I, for one, thoroughly enjoy it, but I obviously have family ties, uh, and all my favorite sports teams are there, so I have more of a hometown-ish nostalgic feel when I visit there. But I I have heard that. I am the only people who like Pittsburgh are me and people who live there. So that, that's what I've been told. So I'm, this is not Correct. news to me. Yeah. I don't know. I, when was the last time I was in, I think the last time I was in Pittsburgh was I was in a baseball tournament, which was probably when I was in middle school. So man, I don't know. Maybe my, maybe my outlook on the city of Pittsburgh would have changed since, you know, middle school, but oh, a snow leopard died at the Akron zoo. Sucks. Oh man, good zoo. Akron has a pretty good zoo. I think I don't know. I've never been there, but um, yeah. Columbus has a good zoo. Columbus has a Columbus very has a nice phenom- reputation. The first, I've been to the Columbus Zoo one time in my life, and the first time I went, we walked into like the the aquatic center, and. They had that was the first time I ever saw a manatee, and I was I was pretty young, and I saw it. I, I got breaking news for what's you. What's that? Adrian Martinez, the Kansas State. Oh, I actually knew that. 
Really? This this literally got posted 34 seconds ago on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I thought this the, was like um, the ultimate in breaking news. That's why I cut you off. But I can't believe. No, I, I well, let me rephrase. I didn't 100% know that, but I saw a Snapchat of him in full Kansas State gear. So, like, he was at, like, a Kansas State frat party, and I saw a Snapchat of him in full Kansas State gear. So that's why I just basically chalked that up to him going to Kansas City. Or uh, can, uh, uh, well, Kansas State. Well, I apologize. I thought that this was as breaking news as breaking as breaking no, news could job. possibly get. But all right, so you're at the Aquatic Center. Yeah, uh, and I saw a manatee. I saw the manatee, and I literally thought I was tripping. Like I thought I was on acid at the age of like eight. <laughs> I saw. I like literally rubbed my eyes. Like you know, you know, like cartoons when like they see something, people see something so preposterous that they like take off their glasses or like clean off their eyes. That's how I felt. Like, it was like, oh, my God, that thing is mad. Like, what's stopping that thing from killing me? Yeah, those things are, they're weirdly shaped. It's its so interesting. Kind of like a block. Yeah, honestly, with, like, a the slightest tail. And it's crazy how to them that's just so normal. Like, the like they have a completely different muscular system. Like, they obviously don't have legs. I couldn't even imagine what it would feel like to be in that body and just like right. you can't move, but you're somehow good at swimming. Right. The sea cow, man. Um, you yeah. brought up the transfer portal. That actually brings me up to a point I wanted to make. I wrote, so one of my things, one of my responsibilities here is to make evergreen content. So that basically means things that can last, content that will last a long time, not just for a day or two. Um, so I made a live transfer portal tracker. Only the top, only my top ten players in the transfer portal, um, and I ranked them and I gave them like possible landing spots and like a quick, like less than a hundred word blurb on them. Um, we've had, and I updated every time somebody transfers. Um, I had four people transfer so far. We had Spencer Rattler to South Carolina, um, Eli Ricks to Alabama. Uh, oh, really? I didn't hear that. Oh, man. Yeah, he committed last night. Um, he was my number one player in the transfer portal. Uh, Dylan Gabriel committed to UCLA today. Um, and Miles Frazier, who was a very underrated and very under-talked about mm-hmm. tackle out of FIU. Um, Ohio State, he, he gave up only two sacks last year at FIU. And but the his main attra- the main attraction around this kid is he has three years of eligibility. So that was like why he was so highly rated. He's still a little raw as a prospect, kind of needs to work on things, but he transferred to LSU, kind of a big blood Ohio State, because Ohio State was the favorite to land him. But um let's go through let's I'll read through my top ten. We won't go too deep. Uh ten, I got Keaton Slovis, uh quarterback from USC. You look back at his freshman year numbers when he replaced JT Daniels, he was awesome. And then he just fell off the face of the planet. Um, I got potential landing spots, Pitt, Auburn, and Cincinnati. Um, Taj Harris, wide receiver out of Syracuse. Very good. He originally committed to Kentucky out of the transfer portal, but he had an eligibility problem, so he wasn't allowed in Kentucky. I don't know if it was grades or what had. If he missed a deadline or two, I don't know. But – 
uh, my potential land, because he's, he's a big-time receiver. Um, he has one year of eligibility left. I said Ole Miss. Te- Ole Miss is going to appear a lot on these transfer spots, especially offensive players. Ole Miss, Texas A&M, and Michigan. Um, Jared Verse, I don't know about this kid. I don't really know much about him. I'll just start off there. He plays at Albany. Um, but and I was because I looked through I used two four sevens um transfer portal rankings as a baseline. Like, okay, this is what they think. I'm gonna go look for myself and we'll go we'll go from there. And I started rooting up on this guy because a lot of people were happy about him. Uh he played two years there. But last year he had 50 – or this year he had 52 total ta- – he's an edge rusher. 52 total tackles, 11.5 for loss, 31 solo tackles, 9.5 sacks, and 13 quarterback hurries. So he's going to get um, big-time uh, like big time school transfer attention. So I put USC, Texas, and Oklahoma. Um, Bo Nix, we all know who Bo Nix is. Um I put UCF. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident in that. That's where Gus Malzahn is. Gus Malzahn recruited Bo Nix, gave Bo Nix his first shot. So, and uh, Dylan Gabriel just transferred out of the program. So uh, we got that. And I put Florida State and North Carolina just to, like, he's going to UCF. Um, Theo Weiss, he's a wide receiver out of Oklahoma, never really played. Um, big time prospect, though. I had USC, Lincoln Riley connection, Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin's the best offensive genius on the planet besides me. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, and then South Carolina, in case you wanted to <laughs> go back with Spencer Rattler, because he was in the same class as Rattler. Um, I'm not going to be able to say this guy's name. Victor Oluwatami. Timmy. Oluwatimi? Yeah, Oluwatimi. Um, excuse me. He's a center out of Virginia. He has 35 career starts. He's played over like 2,500 college snaps. Most experienced player in the portal, I believe. Um, he's one of the best run blocking linemen in college football. Uh, he's not as good as Tyler Lindbaum from Iowa, the center there. But um, potential landing spots, he's going to go to a big time school because he's going to be a. I think he's going to be a first round pick next year. From everything I was just told. Um, uh oh, Chargers. They're about to return this opening kick, are they? Huh. Oh, he fell down. What oh, we got kicked up. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. I have the Chiefs minus three and a half, so I don't really care for that. Anyway, um, potential landing spots, basically your classic breeding grounds for offensive linemen, Notre Dame, Michigan, Wisconsin. Um, Marcus Banks, Cornout, Alabama, never really got a shot. Just kind of got buried in the Alabama depth chart. No shame there. It, you're, you're, you're at Alabama. Uh, Miami, LSU, and Florida. It seems like he's a Southern guy. He's going to want to stay down south. Uh, three, Jameer Gibbs, running back out of Georgia Tech. He's dual threat. He's kind of like Alvin Kamara. Originally committed to Georgia, so Georgia's in my top three. But apparently Alabama's making a big push for him. So I got Alabama, Miami, Georgia. Uh, Zach Evans, running back out of TCU. TCU's got a new coach. Uh, their program's in a down spiral. Zach Evans was also committed to Georgia. So I have Georgia. Texas a and I'm an old Miss. And then the most interesting player in the pro, um, the second SDS player in the portal, in my top 10, I should say. Um, he's a quarterback, Cameron Ward from Incarnate Word. Uh, he only played one year there. He completed 65% of his passes for 4,648 yards, um, 47 touchdowns. Now, you might be thinking, now, how did this guy 
only get recruited by an FCS school. Well, he went to high school at West Columbia or in West Columbia, Texas at Columbia High School. They ran the wing T offense. So he wasn't he didn't really have much of a shot. <laughs> um he's he has offers from Ole Miss and Indiana, I believe. I know Ole Miss. I know he took a visit there. So Ole Miss it makes a lot of sense because Corral's leaving. Indiana, Michael Penix is in the portal. Um, and whoever they threw out against Ohio State was the worst quarterback I've ever seen in my life. And then Auburn. So that's my top 10 transfer portal. Bo Nix is the one that stands out to me, as I'm sure it does everybody else, because we're obviously yes. the most familiar with him. He's been a three-year starter at Auburn. Dad was a quarterback at Auburn, so it's a little bit uh, – well, not necessarily for me, but I imagine that for Auburn fans, it's a little bit gut-wrenching to know that he's going to leave. Uh, it, it just makes all the sense in the world. And this I know that this is the most mundane opinion ever. Uh, not doesn't take a whole lot of deep thinking to come to this conclusion. But I'm with you. UCF seems like the most reasonable destination for him, especially that it just worked out that Dylan Gabriel's leaving and going to UCLA. Um, I don't know what's happening with Dorian Thompson Robinson. I'm not sure if he mm-hmm. has a, if he's transferring to or if he is about to pick up his ninth year of yeah, eligibility. Well, yeah. Since I feel like he's been since I feel like he's Bubble. been there forever. Um, I don't know, but regardless, yeah, uh, Bo Nix is definitely. Uh, my number one transfer of intrigue, and now that I know that Eli Ricks just flipped over to Bama, that's got to be number two for me. Um, how, how crazy was it that Ryan Day basically backed out of the Eli Ricks sweepstakes because he didn't want to upset any recruits by bringing in uh, yeah, by bringing in uh, a, a yeah, corner in Eli Ricks, and it just so happens that the top corner in OSU's class uh, on signing day flipped over to Texas, who, as as we kind of have realized now, is pretty much buying players by setting them up with instant NIL deals upon <laughs> signing onto the football team which is the roundabout way of just directly paying right. players is by having this stuff all yeah. set up ahead of time. Yeah, so you kind of have it. Yeah, you're on the direct deposit at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah, Quinn Ewers is already – I mean, his bank account, he has he, he has eight digits in his bank account. He's, he's taking a look right now at uh, tens of millions of dollars. I can only imagine what Arch Manning is going to go for. My goodness. It's going to – Oh, heavens. I mean, he and he and Quinn Ewers are going to be at Texas together, just you know, acting like it's Vegas. They're not even going to be playing football. Uh, but yeah, the transfer portal stuff—it is a whole new world out there because this is something that you can really capitalize off of and kind of, if you want to. I don't know if this is the best strategy because I kind of assimilated to college basketball where. The one-and-done freshman teams, despite having the most talent, typically don't finish the season as champions. Uh, obviously, look at Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish and their Duke team. Uh, almost lost in the second round to UCF, and then I'm pretty sure lost either in the third or the fourth round. I, I don't think they made it to the Final Four. There you Lead go. Eight, I believe. Um, Against Michigan State, I know that. Oh, I, I don't even remember that. But um, – but I'll take your word for it. 
and uh, the the teams in college football that typically or college basketball rather that are known to be the better tournament teams are the old crafty vets like the Villanovas of the world. Not necessarily the most athletic teams, but the guys who've been playing together for, for four years. So I think that this is going to be a really interesting test coming up uh, to kind of see how this strategy works out. I know Mel Tucker was famous this year at Michigan State for just being the transfer portal guy. He took a look at last year's roster at Michigan State and had, I don't want to say zero interest, but had uh, little interest in returning last year's roster and bringing it into this year's roster. He had to make some shakeups, and he did so in the transfer portal, uh, most notably with Wake Forest running back Kenneth Walker, who just opted out of the bowl game. So he has played his last game at Michigan State, and he's heading straight to the league. So I, I'm i very curious to see how this turns out. And we are also starting to see something uh, more so this year than we have previously where – Uh-oh. What do we do? What's wrong with the I'm teams? sorry. Um, I have to narrate what just happened. I just have to narrate what happened in this Chargers game. Um, so it's fourth and goal. Chargers are going for it. They throw it to – who is that? I can't tell. Number 89. Um, he it looked like he caught it. He dropped it. And he was like in a position where like he was stiff. Like he would, and he's knocked out. I don't know what happened. I think his helmet just smacked the ground. And he was like, they fitted a close up of him. Like his eyes closed for like 10 seconds. Just showing this dude knocked out. That is so weird. Not good. I thought that I think they thought I, it was a touchdown because it looked like because when he came down with it, the ball wasn't out, and then he like kind of rolled over and the ball was dribbling away. So that was weird. I hope he got some help off the field. Uh, he's still down, but um, oh yeah, not great. Anyway, um, the Cavs, as we were talking about twenty minutes ago, um, <laughs> they are second. Their defense. This is defense. Second in scoring. Fourth in uh, scoring margin, uh, six in rebounds, fourth in opponent's effective field goal percentage, uh, fourth in opponent's three-point percentage, uh, eighth in opponent's shooting, second in opponent's shooting efficiency, and then they're top ten in everything else, defensive-wise. They're they're decent on offense, not great. Um. And I think that's more because Colin Sexton's on it because Colin Sexton was the scorer of the team. Darius Garland's kind of filling that role, and Isaac Okoro's starting to come together a little bit on the offensive side. So offensively, they're fine. The, the defense and their size is what's going to kill. Is what's going to kill teams. Oh, so oh, that's what's going to kill other teams. For a second, right, I thought you yeah. were going to say that's what was going to kill them. I'm oh, like, no, dang, I thought they had Laurie Markkinen, they had Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. I'm like, I thought they were fine in size. Taco well. Fall. Taco, Taco, Taco Fall, Fall of course. Kevin Love. I just like seeing is, him on the bench. Kevin Love's ghost is still out there. Kevin Love. What is, what is Kevin Love averaging? Let's see, well, let's see what we got here. He's, been, uh, he's coming off the bench, and he's actually – he looks like he enjoys the sport and the city again, so I, I'm enjoying that. <laughs> Twelve and seven is what he's averaging. Man, Kevin Love's been playing since two thousand nine. That's crazy. He's already played more That's seasons the... in Cleveland than he did in Minnesota. That's the crazy thing, I think. That is, hey, he's he's a Cavalier when he goes to the Hall of Fame. He was twenty six when he got traded here. Holy shit! 
Um, wow, he must have he must wow. have spent a lot of years at UCLA. He was with Russell Westbrook, so I don't. I think Russ, Russell was one and done. He he was a one and done. I'm assuming Kevin Love was too. Let's see. I don't know, man. Kevin Love. I don't know if he's the, a high uh, recruit. Oh yeah, they're bringing the stretcher go. out for this dude. Sucks. Oh man. Uh, yeah, Kevin Love was one and done in college. He averaged seventeen and ten. Uh, one point four blocks. Shot thirty five percent from three. Fifty six percent from the field. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Pac twelve um, All Freshman Team. Um, consensus All American. Pac-12 Rookie of the Year, Pac-12 Tournament chance, uh, player, player of the tournament, and all Pac-12. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I I don't see a whole lot of seniors being drafted in this first round of this draft, as is the case most of the time. But what draft? 2008. 2008 NBA draft. Here we go. I, I see two seniors drafted in the first round. That's it. Wait, wait. Derek oh, Rose, yeah, that's three, Derek Rose. Four. So twenty, oh, 20 yeah, twenty nine and thirty were both seniors, so they actually turned out to be four. See, we got Derek Rose, Michael Beasley, OJ Mayo, who is not allowed in the NBA anymore. Um, oh. Russell Westbrook and Kevin Love went back to back. I remember that. Kevin Love was traded eventually. But um Danilo For OJ Mayo they swapped. That's right. Uh, Gallinari went six, Eric Gordon seven, Joe Alexander eight, DJ Augustine, who's still playing apparently. He got tossed from last night's Cavs game. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, he plays for, the, for? plays for the Rockets. Huh. Um, Brooke Lopez, pretty good. Jared Bayless, no. Uh, Jason Thompson, uh, Jared Bayless played in the NBA for a while. Uh, Jason Thompson, don't remember him. Brandon Rush, all right. Anthony Randolph, no. Robin Lopez, most spates, um, Roy Hibbert, most spates, most notably known for the last taking the last shot in the 2016 NBA Finals in which the Cavs won. Um, Roy Hibbert, who was good for like 20 seconds. JaVale McGee, who was bad and then really good and then bad again. J.J. Hickson, which you know about him. Um, Ryan Anderson, Courtney Lee, Costa Kufis, shout out Ohio State. Serge Ibaka, Nicholas. Bo- wow, this mm-hmm. draft is pretty good as it goes. Um, Serge, Nicholas Toom, George Hill, uh, Daryl Arthur. Don't really know him. Let's see what we got in the second round. Mario Chalmers, DeAndre Jordan, Luke Ma, Luke Mba Amute, Omar Seek, uh, Patrick Ewing. Yes, Patrick Ewing out of Georgetown. Um, Goran Dragic, um, yeah, pretty good draft. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty decent one. Obviously with the, the further you go, you start just naming random people. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of which draft in my childhood stood out the most. This this is a pretty good one, man. I know that Michael Beasley didn't pan out, um, but heading into this draft, he was a he played for a while. 
Yeah, yeah. He 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 hung around. He depending on which stop he was at, he actually performed decently well. Obviously, 2003, but you and I were both five and four years old. So yeah, that's not. I don't. That's not it. a very good representation. Um, I don't. I don't. I wasn't old enough to remember LeBron James in high school. The hype around it, especially being from Ohio, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. So that would be something that where if you did remember that, that'd be valuable. But I, can't. I think the Zion draft was hyped, but only because of the front first two, honestly. RJ Barrett was hyped, but not really. Not as much as Ja and Zion. Um, the Carl Anthony Town. Right, Wiggins and Jabari Parker was pretty big. Yes, that was enormous. Because Giannis went in that draft, too. Uh, yeah, man. That wait. No, 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 no. Because Giannis, Giannis. Oh no, he went in the Anthony Bennett draft. Yes. Because um, I remember the Cavs could have tanked by drafting Giannis and somehow made it all work out. We sure did. Let's see. Anthony Davis draft 2012. That was a pretty. There was a lot of big names. A lot of good players came out of our draft. Obviously, Anthony Davis, Bradley Beal, Deion Waiters for a little bit, Damian Lillard. Harrison Barnes, Terrence Ross, Andre Drummond, Austin Rivers to an extent. Um, let's see. Jared Sollinger, shout out. Uh, Tyler Zeller played a couple good years in the NBA. Fab Me- oh, Fab Mello, rest in peace. I remember that name. Oh, yeah. Um, Fabricio. Festus Azili, the best um, thank you note to a former team on Twitter ever. Um, uh, Draymond Green. Win the second round. Chris Middleton went in the second round. I guess hindsight makes it look like a pretty yeah. high draft. But heading into it, I, I mean, obviously Anthony Davis was the draw. But right, I, I honestly don't really recollect uh, just yeah, how 2015 was hyped that was. Uh, uh, well, he was hyped. Yeah, it was him. It was D'Angelo Russell, and I believe it was Okafor in that draft. I believe those three were like can't miss dudes. Yeah, and Jaleel Okafor definitely missed. Oh, well, yeah, the most missed. Um, Porzingis won that draft. Uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. So I did. Oh wow, yeah, there is a lot. Well, I feel like since we're getting closer to current day, there's a lot of players I just recognize because they're still contributing in this league. Yeah, I, I am. I'm trying to think of other ones. There's got to be. There's well, got to be one. 2016, uh, 2016 with Ben Simmons and Brandon Ingram was pretty big, but that. Would, I'm trying to think of some. Yeah, like. Oh, I I just got one for you, Lonzo Ball. Hmm. Pretty good player. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. On on a pretty good team, I, I might add. Yeah, um, this actually turned out to be a since that actually turned out to be a pretty good first round. Yeah, with Jason Tatum going third, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we've got Darren Fox. Um, yeah. Oh, that was a fantastic uh, NCAA tournament game. Was that Kentucky versus LSU game? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Kentucky so versus fun. UCLA. Lonzo Ball versus Malik. Yeah, I'll Malik never. And, uh, Darren Fox. Yeah, I'll never. Or I was, I was thinking, um, because winner of that game played Kentucky or uh, North Carolina, I should say. And 
the North Carolina game is where De'Aaron Fox hit that crazy three to tie it, and then Luke May, Lucas May for North Carolina, yep. that shot with one second left. So I was in Mansfield watching that game, and there was a tornado going on. And right when De'Aaron Fox went to pull up to hit that three, my power went out. And it, the second no. it came back on is when Lucas May, the ball was going through the net on that shot. So I missed the best part of the game. It was it was like one of those TV commercials where like the power Luke goes out May the worst time. Is a part of like a a colony. He is. I, I I forget how many siblings he has. Uh, I, I I no, he does have. He has three siblings. I forget where he falls in line, but all of them are North Carolina athletes, and I'm pretty sure the last one just committed to play football in North Carolina maybe last year. Like they are, they they bleed hmm. Carolina blue. That's it. It runs. I got. I gotta imagine they're the family with all the bumper stickers and like North Carolina dad or something like that. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Um, I still don't know how Luke. May, just by looking at him, he doesn't look to be the most physically gifted guy. I tell you, I, he's Kevin Love, I guess, but. For him to hit that game-winning shot, never would have guessed that he would have been the hero that day. No, definitely not. Um, is anybody else good on that North Carolina team that I'm missing? Because North Carolina put anybody good in the NBA recently. That, oh, that's a tough question, honestly. They, they had to have. And I, yeah. I know that you mean like actual good NBA player, not like drafted high. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, there was one year where they had like all five of their starting lineup get drafted, where they had like right. Uh, uh, was the it was like that's something Page or Marshall Page maybe, and then John Henson. Marshall Henderson was the John Henson was the power forward or something. They, and then Tyler Zeller was a center, as we've mentioned. They had some. Uh... Right. Here, I got oh, a look. Uh, Cole Anthony. Uh, Kobe White. Uh, Cam Johnson and Sear Little, Justin Jackson. Uh, I'm trying to see, like, Harrison Barnes, Kendall Marshall, John Henson, Tyler Zeller, Ed Davis, Tyler Hansborough. Yeah, we're digging deep now. Danny Green. Yeah, they had Vince Carter was probably their last really. Antoine Jameson. Yeah. Oh man, we're really going way back in time for this. Yeah, they really have like no one outside. If Michael Jordan ever existed, be shit. James James Worthy. James Worthy. Yeah, North Carolina stinks, is what I hear. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Pu Dude runs right through him. Pu disgusting. Not even a blue blood anymore. Mm, I'd argue. It's it's Kansas, it's UCLA, it's Kentucky, and it's uh, Ohio, Ohio State. State. And they just... Well, just Ohio State and Kentucky were supposed to play. It got canceled because Ohio State has COVID, and they're not rescheduling it. So I'm kind of pissed about that. Yeah, uh, that's, that's supposed to be a huge game. And that's kind of a border war, I guess, in this state. Um... 
I now I personally don't know a bunch of people who are really passionate about uh, hating Kentucky basketball, but oh, well, fullback Patrick Demarco is that his name? I have no idea. Wait, that's not Michael Burr. I uh, who's it's it's the Chiefs, right? I think I just tried to guess the Falcons fullback, so I got my Reds mixed up, dude. I'm so tired. I am like falling asleep sitting here. I've been, I've been, uh, so huh. true story, not fabricating, not trying to look like a hero. Uh, I've been up since 10 PM of last night. So we are, we are entering. Hey, there you go. It's finals week. Yeah. Baby. I, that's exactly what took place. It was for the, some. uh, the, uh, it was a final paper for a class. And uh, so we are, I, I'm 99% of the way done with my semester. I just have, I'm like halfway through one more assignment and it's due next Monday, whatever. But, um, we, I, we're, I, we're getting there, but I am fighting my way through this podcast. Uh, th- I, this is not going to be an hour and a half long podcast. No, I don't. Yeah. We'll, we can wrap up here in a little bit. Um, and there's no college football, so it's easier anyway. Yeah. I was just going to get my picks for tomorrow. Um, got two bowl games tomorrow. One starts at noon, Bahamas bowl, Toledo, middle Tennessee under in that game. Uh, Toledo, one of the better running teams in the country, Middle Tennessee, is playing with their third string quarterback for like the eighth week in a row, and he kind of stinks. So I'm going with the under there. Um, Coastal <laughs> Carolina and Northern Illinois, Matt Champion, Northern Illinois, in uh, the Cure Bowl. Coastal Carolina, let, let me read off some offensive stats here for you. Coastal Carolina is sixth in scoring, fourth in points per play, second in yards per play, fifth in yards per rush, and second in yards per pass. Grayson McCall missed a couple games, but he completed 74% of his passes for 23 touchdowns and only three interceptions. Uh, they got one of the better tight ends in the league. He's going to be an NFL draft pick, Isaiah Lightfleet. Um, they have three running backs. They cycled through three running backs and combined those three running backs went for over 2,000 rushing yards and 25 touchdowns. Uh, Northern Illinois has a pretty dreadful uh, run rush defense. So I'm going with Coastal Carolina minus 10 and a half. And I might alt-line them to minus 13 and a half. I don't know what the odds are. Bobot has actually crashed, and it hasn't worked at all all day. So I'm using a different book for this game that's going on right now. Um, so, And I'm very glad that I will no longer have to use Bovada within a year or two. Um, so those are the yeah. college picks. Uh, I'm not going to go. I haven't done anything for Saturday's games. But bowl season is upon us, and I'm very happy about that. Yeah, and I couldn't tell you any of these bold names, but you know what? Mm-hmm. I, they're going to be on the TV. I'm going to watch them. I uh, gu- guarantee you that. Right sure now. am. I'm going to be watching the Bahamas Bowl during work. I can't wait. I I second that. I uh, I I like the bowl season, man. I know that it's. I I don't know how this happened, by the way, but somehow expanding the playoffs from two to four teams somehow just crushed the bowl season and all of its importance. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know how that's what did it because these bowl games already weren't tremendously important. The ones that were, were the, the BCS, the, well, then they were called the BCS bowls. Now they're called the new year six. Yeah. Now that two right. of the new year six games are playoff games, now the I can see how those feel like consolation prizes ish, but I, I don't know how 
after all these years, we've all of a sudden come to the realization that uh, these bowl games are all of a sudden not tremendously important. But you know what? I, I don't care. Well, I do care. I, I do care that there's nobody in the stands because no fans in the stands for college football significantly hinders the experience. But I'm going to watch it anyway. Listen, the Bahamas Bowl is just as important to me as the Rose Bowl at this point. And my favorite team is playing in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, does that say more about the Bahamas Bowl or the Rose Bowl? Probably just the state of the Rose Bowl when it's not a uh, semifinal game. And when, it, it, when Utah's the opponent and not like some actual traditional Pac-12 it, team. As humbly as I can possibly explain this, um, Ohio State playing in a non-playoff game isn't very exciting to me because they're a playoff caliber team. They should have made the playoffs this year. If they, well, they were good enough to compete for a national champion is what I – national championship, I should say, because I don't think – I think every team is beatable this year, uh, especially since Georgia got exposed. But that's that's more the reason I'm pissed off is because Ohio State had a really good chance at winning the national championship this year. But um, it's you know instead, I'm very excited for all these matchups. I still think Cincinnati can give Alabama a game, and I still think Georgia uh, Georgia and Michigan is going to come down to who just does better. Like I know that sounds simple, but who's going to because they both run a same game plan of we're going to dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, uh, play spectacular special teams and basically just do everything right. We're not going to overwhelm you. We're just going to do everything right. So I'm very excited about that game. I don't know what's the line drop. What's what are the lines looking at right now? We got <laughs> Pittsburgh's plus one against Michigan State. That's interesting. Um, uh, do we know about Kenny Pickett yet? Not yet. I would assume he's going to play. All the big-time quarterbacks are playing. As far as I'm concerned, Sam Howell's playing. Obviously, Ritter's playing. Um, Malik Willis is playing. Um, the line hasn't. Golden Corral is playing. Corral is playing. The lines have not moved. It's still Georgia minus eight and a half, uh, and Cincinnati plus fourteen, which would be my picks right now if I had to make a pick. It's Georgia and Cincinnati. That uh, wait, hold on. Are you talking about against the spread or money line? Just to clarify, spread. Okay, spread. Ooh, for a second, I I was like, oh my gosh. I still am steadfast in my belief that Alabama is going to just completely out-talent Cincinnati. And then I don't think there's going to be much of an appetite for Cincinnati to rejoin the playoffs until they they join the Big 12. And then, and then you know what? Mm-hmm. It's, all, it's all fair game, except for there's going to be large discussion that the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are not meeting up to the standards of the other three Power 5 conferences, which will become a new issue, uh, especially with the Big 12 probably at that point competing with the Pac-12 for playoff spots, unless, unless, and I, I don't even like this hypothetical, Lincoln Riley turns USC into Oklahoma, which uh, I, I, I don't want to play mm-hmm. – yeah, that's uh, especially when Notre Dame plays them every single season. That's not not so much fun, but until all then, uh, it's going to be Cincinnati getting no respect, and uh, I may be one of those haters who never clamors for them in the play. Well, I I wasn't clamoring for them in the playoffs this year, 
But I may be one of those people saying, see, now you don't want them anymore either. And uh, the, well, I mean, they're going to go to the Big 12 in like three years. So I guess it doesn't tremendously matter. And it also depends on how long Luke Fickle is actually going to stay. I know that he says that he wants to stay for a long time. But if he got a great job offer, I don't know what would happen. So I, 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 all I know is about Cincinnati is that there's no way they're covering that spread. That, I, I was going to bring something up about what was it? Oh, yeah, that's Cincinnati in the Big 12. I don't know how much that, that's a lot of travel they're going to have to go over the course of the year because they're going to have to go to Texas a lot. They're going to have to eventually travel to Oklahoma State. Um, I'll, Kansas isn't that, I wouldn't say that far away, but it's, it's an annoying flight. So that, that's an interesting thing. Cause you, uh, UCF is joining, Houston is joining and who else? BYU, BYU is a, is a hike. Oh, that's a, that's a hike yeah. from Cincinnati. So that, that's an interesting thing. That might be, yeah, interesting. I mean, they're, they're not going to be as good as they were these past two years next year because they're losing everyone who is good. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I think this is kind of a matchup mismatch because Cincinnati has – Cincinnati's strengths are exactly what you need to beat Alabama, which is a good secondary and a good offense. So, Are they strong enough, though? That's, that's the thing. So, I mean, they played Georgia tough last year. I guess I know – different teams, but they played Georgia tough last year. So that's a little silver lining and that they, they were, they should have beat Georgia. So, <laughs> so it, it's, it's just something well, you're, you're missing. Eye. You're missing it, DJ, because they didn't play against Stetson Bennett. No, they played against the better quarterback on the roster. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Stetson Bennett's good enough to beat Michigan. just is the same way as Kate McNamara is good enough to beat like Ohio state. So we'll see about this game. If they play against Alabama again, they have to. They got to try. So they can't just roll out Stetson Bennett out there and just hope and, hope and pray that he's not actually bad. I was told something about Georgia Uh-oh. that I could I that I could not believe that I'd never heard before. Um, apparently, James Cook is Dalvin Cook's brother. That was news to me, and it really shouldn't have been, given my level of sports fandom. Hmm. I did not know that. Whatever happened to that Dalvin Cook, like, lawsuit he was a part of for, like, domestic violence? I just kind of went away. Uh, It got thrown into the same pile as all 24 of Deshaun Watson's lawsuits. Yeah, what's going on there? Uh, They just told him to go into hiding, and I guess he's still on the roster. I don't know. I, yeah, and we still get paid. Yeah, Ben Simmons could never. Exactly. Davis Mills was going to be starting the rest of the year to Rod Taylor. Go figure. Found another way Big to have man. his season ruined. Uh, he he has invented every way possible to possibly have a season ruined. And go figure. Now with the Texans, after beating the Titans in Nashville, uh, I guess the Rod Taylor train is coming to a halt, at least for this season. Oh, I lost you. I can hear you. There you go. I can hear you now. Oh, well, well the Gerard Taylor train is Todd over Taylor, this season. Man. 
the guy needs a college career. Very good career. Took the Bills to the playoffs for the first time in like 20 years when they went. Scored like three points. is the worst game I've ever seen in my life. But um, as they scored exactly three points and they lost to Blake Bortles. Yeah. It kept Baker Mayfield's seat warm in Cleveland. Um, got stabbed in the lungs by the Chargers medical staff. <laughs> it just Then Justin yeah. Herbert becomes one of the best quarterbacks in the AFC. Yeah, see, I mean, he just threw an interception, so I don't know about all that, but. Oh. Gee, man, these, these, this is a great uniform. Chiefs have a sneaky good uniform concept. The colors just work together. I don't know why they shouldn't. Like, ketchup uh, red and mustard yellow shouldn't work together, but they do. And they're wearing <laughs> the whites. The Chargers are wearing the powder blues and white pants. Best uniforms in the in the NFL. Um, this is a very... I am no fan. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. This, is, I thought you were this isn't the best uniform matchup of the season. I still think it's the Browns and Ravens when they played on Sunday night. But this is pretty close. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, in in the Chargers stadium with the fast turf and the colors. It all works. I am no fan of the Chiefs' defense all of a sudden becoming the 85 Bears. Yeah, this. Yeah, they were. I uh, I have no idea where this came from, and I don't like it one bit. Because I was thoroughly enjoying the downfall of the Kansas City Chiefs, and now I have to hear about how they figured it all out. And now it's you know it's Mahomes and all these guys again. Um, uh, Jackson Mahomes is going to show up to another club and bring his entourage oh, and be rude, and then get called out by the club. Dude um, stinks. That dude stinks. That, that that guy is a clout chasing middle schooler stuck in a six foot six 21 year old's body um, some people are saying that um uh, melvin ingram coming over from the steelers um was the spark plug that the chiefs needed uh went from a pretty pedestrian team in pittsburgh to you know now he's the difference maker in kansas city well, I uh, wish those roles were, were reversed because I would have loved for them to do that here. However, we got to just straight up hated it. The straight well, up hated Pittsburgh, a true Cleveland legend. Oh, uh, of course, but not even from Cleveland. Uh, yeah, just the fact that he hates Pittsburgh makes him makes him a Clevelander. Cleveland legend. And he's he's uh, gonna have a statue, just like he's gonna be right next uh, to Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell's statues. Oh my god! Ruining the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, but yeah, the only statues that you have outside of your stadium are Steelers related. We have one statue outside of Cleveland. It's Jim Brown. I don't care for it. Jim Brown is noted a horrible person. Yeah, you are. Uh, you are no fan. You are like the only person who ever talks about this. By the way, no, a lot of people talk about it, but he is a disgusting person, and we just treat him like he's Jesus. Yeah, what was it? Domestic violence or something? Yeah, a long time ago. Um, just not, yeah, not a great person. Um, who else? What? What? We have a Jim Tomey statue. A Jim really yeah, just put up. Uh, Larry Doby. Uh, huh. Jim Brown. Nobody for the Cavs. That's LeBron's until when he retires. Um. Hmm. Oh, you mean to tell me that Jetty Osmond is not getting a statue? No, he absolutely is not. Um, no. And if he is, I'm tearing it down. 
What if uh, Lori Markinen wins the Finnish World War? Does he get a statue? Oh, buddy, he's he gets the key to the city. Uh huh. The, the, if the Cavs win the finals, I want statues of every single one of the players on the Cavs right now. Hey, Garland's gonna get his. He's gonna have. Mm-hmm. They're, they're gonna build Except Sexton, he can take a top. hike. Yeah, they're gonna build Darius Garland's statue on top of the roof. So it's just gonna be like driving into yeah. Cleveland. That's what you're gonna see. Is this giant statue of Darius Garland? That's how you're going to know where the stadium is. Sure is. It's going to replace the Guardians of Traffic that we named our baseball team after. Mm-hmm. All right. So before we head out of this podcast, do you have any parting words? Um, Urban Meyer to Texas. Let's get that started. <laughs> um, Urban Meyer to Texas or Fox pregame show. I feel like he'd be good on that. Just a little bit. Yeah, when uh, Stoops, well, no, Oklahoma has a coach. So that doesn't make sense. Yeah, Brent, I'm excited to see Brent Venables actually taking over the, the reins. Question, but, if if you're the Jaguars, do you entertain at all Davo Sweeney as your next coach? Oh, uh, well, here's the, the thing about that, and this the scary thing about this, is that I think Davo Sweeney would entertain it. Because he just lost, and this was the backbone of the Clemson program, but somehow all the coaches just stayed. And now and now they're not. Yeah. So, yeah, Tony Elliott and Venables were there forever. So now, Davo, despite and the fact that Davo swing. Nope, Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett is skipping the Peach Bowl. Oh, no. That game is going to be deplorable. He couldn't even give Tim Tebow the the answer live on television. This disrespectful. Hmm. Um, I'm a little upset Tim Tebow wasn't on first take this morning crying about Urban Meyer. He's lost his fastball. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes, he has. Um, he can never hit a fastball either. Uh, yeah, hey, hey um, Urban Meyer, the future offensive analyst at Alabama. Um, that's that's what. That's right. That's what I'm being told. Tim yeah, ex- exactly. They're all going to be reinventing themselves. Um, oh, oh, I forgot what you asked me. I, I look. I would entertain Debo Swinney. I would not be like so. He would not be my first choice, but I would be intrigued to interview him because honestly, uh, to me, he seems like a a good leader and kind of like a rah-rah guy, but like I have no idea what his offensive schemes are because I know right. Tony Elliott's been calling plays. So I don't really know what Dabo Sweeney does other than just he's the boss. Right. How, let's say shit hits the fan for Clemson and they just become a mediocre program. Um, how long would it take Dabo Sweeney to get fired? Um, because he's built up a lot of credit. Yes, he has, and that's not, that's not a school that has a big history. In fact, b- before huh. him, they were known, and this is like decades ago. I've, I've heard multiple people say this at like decades, like in the seventies and eighties. It was it was called Clemsoning. If you if you blew a giant lead, you Clemsoned. Yeah. So that was the. The running joke was that they were—they just always found a way to lose, even when things were. They were 
they were the Cleveland Browns team that had Will Hill return a field goal for a touchdown. They just even when they were set up right, they just couldn't do do it. So <laughs> um, I think that he's going to be able to stick around for a long time. Uh, if it gets to the point where he's below 500, I think that's where the plug gets pulled. If he's if he's not even bowl eligible, if that if you're five and seven, if it ever gets that bad, that'd be and like seven to me, seven and five would be bad because you have you look. I understand that maybe Davos first day on the job. If he went seven and five, that wouldn't have been a big deal, but. You have set a bar for yourself. It's like when, it's like when your kid acts up and you say, like you're mad at your kid because you you expect more of them and you know that they're capable of more. It's it's kind of like that. It's like once upon a time, those standards would have been acceptable, but mm, you you shown us what you're capable of, and if you drop to like seven and five or six and six or God forbid five and seven, like. We, that's that we know that something's up, and like you, you mentioned Tim Tebow losing his fastball. That'd be the ultimate lose your fastball. So I say, if it creeps around five hundred, eight and four and up, I think he's good. I think credit is uh built a built in reputation can take care of that. Um, anything beneath that, I think it's I think the rumor mill starts swirling, and maybe he's just in Jim Harbaugh land. Where he gets contract extensions, but they're contract extensions that are mm. kind of assumed, where they're like all kind of one-year deals. Right. I'll tell you what. Them having the seventeenth recruiting class in the country is a little, little surprise. They lost a lot of commits after Venables left. Yeah. Um. I mean, teams ahead of them: Stanford, Tennessee, still Florida State somehow, uh, Missouri, Kentucky. Uh, North Carolina's in the top 10. Texas A&M, shout out to them for pulling in the number one class. I mean, they cleaned up. Oh, my gosh, dude. They were flipping guys. They were, they were pulling guys that you wouldn't even think. Um, yeah, they cleaned up. I, I don't know what happened. I, I don't know why Zach Calzada went to the transfer portal. Uh, now, they have a couple guys. They had one guy, Haynes King. Haynes yeah, King. He, he, he got knocked out for the year pretty early. So, yeah, he, I mean, he was an exciting prospect that everyone was talking about, and he was—he kind of looks like the Tiger King. He's like, uh, he's like, yeah, kinda, so he's kind of like the their Quinn Ewers. He's got long blonde hair. He's got some personality oh. to him. So, uh, I guess Calzada may have felt pressure from Haynes King's return or presumptive return next year. Also. I know each of these next two classes, this class and this class, has a good Texas A&M quarterback commit. So the, I mean, those two are going to interfere with each other eventually. Yes. But uh, it, so it's going to be there's going to be a lot of competition in College Station this upcoming spring, and there I, I there's got to be some freshmen to see the field. These these freshmen that they're bringing in, according to the obviously flawed science of recruiting, uh, according to that. They're supposed to have some real impact players, and I don't think they're done either because they have a couple guys still projected, a couple uh, top fifty players still currently projected to sign with Texas A&M. 
So they might not even be done. And uh, Jimbo Fisher may have made the right, right decision by staying. Yeah. Um, they're still going to be bad. I just They're never going to be good, in my opinion. They're always going to be highly overrated, and then they're going to lose a the game they shouldn't. Uh, I can see it. It's uh, I I it depends on the quarterback play for me because they're building up. And again, I'm not trying to make recruiting sound like anything's guaranteed, but they have so many high-rated players. It is ridiculous. Like these are guys that everybody in the country wants. Yes. Sir. So to me, it's going to come down to the quarterback position because Zach Calzada this year, I thought was good, not great. Um, he he was really well. He he stepped up and was great against Alabama. But other than that, I thought he was good, not great. So I think that uh, the quarterback play is going to be pretty telling. But uh, again, Jimbo Fisher was only the first Saban, uh, the the first Saban assistant coach to beat Saban, and it had taken. Twenty yeah. tries prior to that, a billion so, years. Yeah, so uh, like you said, they're always going to fall short. Well, uh, up until this year, we've been given plenty of reason to, but who knows? Maybe Jimbo Fisher broke through, and maybe he's found the secret sauce. Maybe. All right. Well, college football is done, and that makes these podcasts uh, a little bit more difficult to find content. So we're bouncing around all over the place, but uh, as bowl season. We'll talk some NFL. Was that? We can talk some NFL next week. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're going to have the Browns. Are yeah, dead. We're going to have some Browns football to talk about because uh, they're about to, they're, in, we yeah, they're this week. in for an interesting weekend with about half their team out with COVID. Uh, they're not the only ones. I know the Seahawks have COVID issues and there are the Rams. The Rams. So uh, the Rams have like a, a Pro Bowl lineup of COVID issues currently. So th- so we're going to have a lot to talk about uh, next week when we talk about this NFL weekend because it is going to be uh, mighty interesting. And also we got some heated playoff races because nobody wants to win any of these playoff races. Uh, so we're going to have sure a lot don't. of uh, NFL to talk about. We'll be one week closer to the college. We're going to be really close to the college football playoff. We're going to be, I guess we're going to do the, the pre-Christmas right. show next week. And then the week after that will be the pre-college football playoff show. So that's what we got on the docket. And uh, until then, you guys yep. take care. All right, peace.